we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. All righty, what is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast. Happy belated Mother's Day to all of the great mothers out there. Hope everybody enjoyed their maybe their day of watching college baseball or just handing the remote over to their mother and, uh, you know, watching whatever she wanted to watch. So, anyways, good episode here today. We're going to recap the weekend series pick'em contest, give a leaderboard update for season long. Now that we're you know only down to one weekend left, and uh, we'll also review our mid-major power rankings here in just a second, and take some of our Discord cha- uh, Discord channel questions from some members of our Discord. Uh, I apologize, I did not put it on our Patreon. Uh, I was busy the last few hours and forgot to do it, so we'll do Patreon questions next episode as well. And I'll make sure there's plenty of time so everybody gets their thoughts in. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of action this weekend that we need to recap, preview the midweek, of course, and like most importantly, figure out who's going to be, you know, in that regional hosting territory, who's going to be in the at-large bubble. Um, there's a few teams we want to talk about there. So let's get right into it. Um, this episode's brought to you by Yakertech, of course. They are sponsoring our mid-major power rankings all year, Yakertech and Baseball Cloud. Um, we just posted the, literally probably 30 minutes ago, we just posted our mid-major power rankings there, where Dimitri took the good gracious of doing all of it. So I'll let him lead off on this topic. Um, what were some big changes, Dimitri, as far as um, mid-major teams getting in? to the power rankings, mid-major teams losing and, and, and getting out of the power rankings? Kind of what's the update there? Um, well, first of all, this week was a kind of a shit show, honestly, in the middle of the pack range. I mean, I, I think I mean, I think Dallas Baptist, first of all, Coastal Carolina is number one. 
Dallas, DBU and we put I put in number two. They're knocking on the door. Could you make the argument that they're the better team right now? Sure, and across the whole season, probably. But it just wasn't enough. It wasn't nothing. Coastal didn't do anything for me to just take them out of the one spot. You know, like rankings are a little bit different than like a, a metric, like the RPI or whatever. It can just change. People overtake them. But like for me to sit here and take Coastal out after they did nothing wrong, it's kind of hard. I can't justify that for myself. So that's kind of the thing. But And, and one more um, thing to add to Coastal, one more thing to add to Coastal is they haven't lost a weekend series all year. Dallas Baptist has been swept by Southern Miss. So, I mean, that is like one reason to justify it. Yeah. So, um, but now, I mean, we're getting, we're getting some teams in that like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 range that I don't even know. It's hard. It got messy this week. Like I put, or I moved or Robert and Troy up into the top 10 Gulf Coast, Fullerton, UTSA all lost their weekend series this week. And they were all seven, eight, nine and 10. So I had to move them all down. Northeastern, they lost their series, but I was like, overall this season, maybe they deserve to be a little bit higher. Um, speaking of Fullerton, by the way, they their season just went in a blender this week. They lost six. They straight. went from a great season, like everything going right, to just oh shit, they might not even make it now. Since they beat TCU on Friday night last week, and since then they've lost six straight, and now they're only a half a game ahead of UC San Diego. Um, in the Big West, and there's no Big West tournament. So if they don't finish strong, like Fullerton's not going to get into the regionals, which is crazy. No, they literally have to go, like you said, five and one to win the Big the Big West title. Assuming and get the automatic, yeah. Pick. Assuming UC San Diego uh, sweeps UC Riverside, which is they're they're bad. Probably going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. So. Yeah, Fullerton basically just gave themselves one mistake left the rest of the year. And after losing six straight, five and one doesn't look too promising. Yeah. Um, another, and then, yeah, so, I mean, the whole Colonial, Northeastern 13, Wilmington 18, Elon 20, and College Charleston 25. Heading into the final weekend, man, all four of them have a chance to win the turn, the win the regular season title still. That's that's what's wild because, because you see one team like uh, Elon will sweep Northeastern or not sweep but win the series against Northeastern but then Northeastern will win a series against somebody and then that team will win the series against somebody so like it's it's like a revolution it's like one big circle that they're very evenly matched and uh, just well, you, you know what's crazy Northeastern is in first right now they lost this weekend UNCW second. Or they're tied for first Northeastern. They lost this weekend. Elon, which is in second, third place, however you want to call it, they lost this weekend. So now it's like everybody is right back in within. I mean, Charleston's in fourth, and they're a game back, and they play Northeastern this weekend. Yeah, and the reason why we're talking about it, guys, is because the CAA, the Colonial Athletic Association, is like one of the few mid-major conferences that's going to get multi-bids, or at least like a – high chance of getting a multi-bid versus a lot of mid-major conferences. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's still, it's still going to be a one-bid league. No, I think it could Eastern be, too. Loses the tournament. It could be, too, though. Northeastern, only if Northeastern doesn't win the tournament. Yeah. All right. Now that I'm looking at the RPIs, you're right. Um, but, you know, the, the CAA, at least since we've been covering college baseball, like, there's never really been a team that's popped off and, like, done a, a bunch of – 
damage in the postseason. And it like, hasn't been a very good conference. But next year, not, I mean, I guess to look ahead next year, Campbell is coming into this conference. And like that's going to be exciting that you'll have about six teams that are going to be really, really solid. Um, and I mean, don't, don't forget this same Northeastern team swept Indiana State to start the year, swept South Florida on the road, beat Duke. Uh, I mean, beat UConn. Are they still six and zero against Quadrant One? They are currently seven and zero. Seven and zero against Quadrant One. You can't leave them out of the tournament. I think they're a lock. No, no, they're Northeastern is a lock at this yeah. point. I mean. Another win over Boston. You know what's funny though? In CAA play, their two biggest series, Elon and UNCW, and William and Mary, they've lost all three of those series. Jesus. You know, isn't that interesting? That is weird. And they smoked Maryland Tuesday night this past week. That's right. Um, so it's like, They've lost all those series against the big – well, the big four is the final one at this weekend, Charleston, probably the most important one. Mm -hmm. If you want that title, you win this weekend. Yep. Um, but I think for Northeastern to get in that large, they kind of need to win this regular season title because if that RPI slips into that 40, 40, 40 plus range with no regular season title – they're sweating. They're gonna watch. They're gonna host a selection show, not knowing if they're getting in. Yeah, they're gonna host a selection show, and there's gonna be cameras there, which are gonna make them feel good. But people don't know this. Like, there's cameras there, whether you get selected or not selected. They just don't show the guys whenever they're that's not. not true. That's not always true. That's not always true. Seeing uh, junior year Mercer, we, Gibby told told the, the news station that he said. Fuck the camera. No camera. Nobody's coming. We're going to sit in our locker room and watch this selection show because we're going, because if it doesn't happen, we're, we're, we're out of there. Nobody needs to see this. Mm -hmm. And we obviously didn't get in. <laughs> okay. Um, that's actually really funny. Just no cameras, please. Anyways. Um, hey, so I want to, I, I see the Houston Cougars here at 12. And of course, they're leading the American Athletic Conference. And I thought that this was something interesting that happened this weekend. Tulane, I believe, led in all three of the games against Houston. And Houston came back to win all three of the games. So I, there was a lot of East Carolina fans like tweeting, just rooting hard for Tulane. Just like, come oh, on. They were rooting so hard for Tulane all weekend. Because it's crazy because Tulane obviously is in second place by half a game. And they don't have the tiebreaker. You mean Houston? You mean Houston? No. Oh, sorry. Sorry. East Carolina's in second place by half a game. Houston's in first by half a game. And, um, you know, East Carolina, like, they they expect to win the American every single year because they they have the best program. But Houston, during conference play, every weekend has just been great. Uh, in fact, they, they beat East Carolina in a weekend series earlier this year. So to see, like, the East Carolina fans rooting for Tulane, who they usually hate, but, like, this is the time of year – where you'll see guys like Arkansas fans were cheering for Mississippi State today yep. uh, to upset uh, LSU. It, it's cool because as much love, I mean, sorry, as much hate that gets thrown around on social media, you see it's some love whenever they need you. Like whenever they need you, they'll throw love. Yeah. Um, so that was that was fun. Uh, speaking of speaking of hey, speaking of leading all three games and losing all three games. 
Wait, did well Butler was leading UConn all three games. Did did they end up winning one? They, Let me look Butler at Butler won today, yeah. didn't they? I think so because yeah, they Butler won today. But the first two games, UConn took the series in the first two games. Butler won with leading in both of them and lost it in thirteen innings Friday. And Butler's a bad so, team. And Butler is garbage, dude. They are garbage. Like last year, I was trying to tell everybody UConn wasn't very good, and, I, and they made me look bad. Like this year, I was like, okay, UConn pretty good, and I'm like, dude, they're gonna make me look bad again. <laughs> Yeah, there's there was a lot of rage this weekend on social media about like UConn not deserving to host a regional, and same with Boston College. And it's they're not, dude. They're not. Listen, they're yeah, not. you don't have to worry about UConn won't host a regional. I don't think, um, especially after this weekend, you just can't have it. But they are still a good team. Like they will do damage in whatever regional they're in. I think that you know, even if they're a two seed at wherever, um, probably somewhere in the Carolinas, just because there's going to be about six hosts in that area. Um, I think UConn could still be a dangerous team just because last year they went to a super regional. So they have some experience anyways. Um, shit, shit. They were three off the way from Omaha. I know uh, they were three. They were three. I watched the highlight this morning, actually a drew Bowser, a Tom, uh, Tommy Troy back to back home run to tie that game. Do you remember that? Yeah, dude, I remember that and also how Stanford did the exact same thing the week before to Texas State. To Texas State. It, dude, Stanford just turned it on uh, last year during like regionals and super regionals. They were losing. No, they turned it on every single game. If they're losing by four or less runs in the eighth or ninth inning, their hitters walk up to the plate. All right, like, fuck <laughs> it. Let me, let me get it back in this game real quick. Yeah. Like, I'm like, dude, what are you doing the first six or seven innings? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, dude, I literally was just about to pull up something on Warren Nolan, and you got me all sidetracked on UConn. Oh, here's a question. for This is what it was. So Dallas Baptist, they go and sweep UTSA on the road. And like obvi- uh, obviously, like that puts them in a very good position to host a regional now, right? Like you, you have that marquee series sweep against you're going to win the conference usa but in my opinion southern miss plays in a harder conference they're tied for first in their conference and southern miss has a sweep over dallas baptist so in retrospect like southern miss should get a regional host before dallas baptist but i don't know if that's what the committee is going to do The RPI right now today, no shot in hell that happened. But I'm with you on this one. When I mean DBU had two quad wait, wait, one. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean by RPI today? No shot that happens. DBU is 15 in RPI. Southern Miss is 28. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying there's no shot. Dallas Baptist would host a regional over. No, no, no. There's no shot. Southern Miss would host right now. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with you in the sense that Southern Miss already swept them. Southern Miss already has more quad one. They have more marquee wins. They have bigger series wins. And they're in a harder conference. They have 20 wins. I mean, DBU had three more conference wins. But but let's be honest. The Sun Belt clears the Conference USA in terms of top to bottom. picking order. Yeah, top to bottom, no yeah. doubt. So, so I agree with you. I think Southern Miss is probably the better team. <laughs> 
But at the same time, I don't think DBU is going to be considered with two quad one wins. So you'll see, we'll see what happens um, with conference tournament time. And guess what? Southern Miss has way more opportunity to get their RPI back up into that top 20 range because they have way more tougher teams in that conference tournament. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know what's funny is I was looking on Twitter and somebody tweeted at us and said that Warren Nolan's projected RP, or yeah, projected RPI, which takes like the remaining games in the season, kind of scores it out if you're going to win or lose. It has Iowa at 18. And like Iowa's a team that we haven't thought about since the middle of March. But you look no, at no, it, no. I've been keeping. I watched them today. I had, of course, I obviously watched. I had to watch Brody Brech. Yeah, and Brody Brech. So they're Sorry, 13 today. and seven in the Big Ten, and um, they actually have like currently they jumped up all the way to 29 in the RPI, and like really their resume looks good. Six and six quadrant one, five and two quadrant two. So. I mean, I was. I don't think they're going to host. Look at that! Look at that! Look at that non-conference strength of schedule number. Uh, let me scroll back to the top. Uh, One sixty-nine. Yeah, it's pretty bad. You you ain't hosting with that. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty bad. So, here's what I'm really excited about, though. I'm super excited. Iowa's in a position to make a regional because I can. I want to watch Brody Breck. I want to watch Iowa start their number two or start their Friday night guy mm-hmm. in game one, and then and then they win, and Brody Breck just destroys some one seed hopes and dreams. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing that happened uh, in, in Shriner, not the Shriners, the the Round Rock this year, where like Saturday game two, LSU got Brody Breck, and yeah, I mean it was it was not good, but yeah, I mean and you saw how much. You saw how Iowa played when he's on the mound. They play harder. Mm-hmm. It's just a confidence thing. When you know you have a dog on the mound, oh yeah, you you have so much more confidence at the plate one through nine. So that's a good team. That's an exciting team to have in a regional. Yeah, I mean, I, not to like go off course here, but I, I was kind of fascinated with the Big Ten standings just real quick. Um, like Indiana tied up with Maryland again at first, uh, even though Maryland has a tiebreaker, and then it's like Iowa and Rutgers. So. What was cool for me is like it shook out almost exactly how we thought it would at the beginning of the year. Like those four teams and then Nebraska five, Michigan six, like those were kind of the top six teams coming in and it shaked out like almost exactly how projections went. So, um, but there was a point in the season where it was all mixed up. You had like Michigan State in first and uh, Purdue in third. So uh, basically, I think you want to hear. Do you want to hear the uh, Big Ten coaches poll, preseason coaches yeah, poll? Yeah, I do. All right, so Dimitri couldn't pull it up here on his end, but I got it right here. So we have Maryland. Pull it up, pull it up. Yeah, do it. Huh? I said pull it up. Go, go I ahead. have it. Yeah, <laughs> read Maryland it. Maryland 1, Rutgers 2, Iowa 3, Illinois 4, Nebraska 5, Indiana 6. So – Actually, not as close as I thought what, it was. Five of the six? Yeah, five of the six, but it's just a little different order. Um, all right, so let's go talk about our weekend series pick them just real quick. It's brought to you by Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. They are sponsoring our tournament that we're having all year. It's a uh, weekend series pick them, six games each week. You pick the winner of the weekend, and you get a point for every one. Well, right now, we are going into the last weekend of the regular season, 
And we have a two-way tie for first, Blaker Mayfield and I am Tar Heel 14. They're at 55 and 21. And then we have Hunter Foster, Jay Smith, B Block 22, Cola B Ball, all tied for third at 54 and 22. And then he went to Ole Miss, Midwest Aggie, Grissom, and Nick Lavergetta, all tied at 53 and 23. So only two games difference between first place and 10th place. And um, what Dimitri and I kind of decided was obviously like first place, we'll get the three night, three day stay, Circa Sportsbook, Las Vegas, the resort. You get a, you get to stay there for free. Um, you get food and drinks, cabana suite, hotel room. And, uh, and then of course, like we want to give away a prize for like second and third place. So it's not official yet, but we're going to do some sort of combination between top three people get free entry into next year when we run it. Plus, um, probably like a hundred dollar gift card to our, uh, shop 11.7 store with our merchandise. And, uh, we might actually give you a few options as well. Maybe like, uh, tickets to go to a regional if you wanted to go. Um, if it's like one nearby you, yep, something, something, something like cool. that, or if you have, we'll talk to the people that finish in first, second and third and figure out kind of what they want is like the other prize there. Uh, it, but it's been fun to keep up with all year because I've sucked at it. Dimitri's done a lot better recently and has like worked his way into the mix. But for me, it's like competition is great. I mean, it's just, it gives you a little extra skin in the game. You get something to root for and people have been keeping up with it all year. Now, on top of that, we also ran a separate tournament and it's our survivor contest where you had to pick the winner, just one winner every week. And if they won the weekend series, you move on to the next week. Well, with over a hundred entries, we are down to just two. There are two people left and, and wh yep. whoever wins gets a three night, three day stay um, along with the winner of the weekend series pick them. So it's going to come down to next week. Uh, they'll each pick their team and there'll be a tiebreaker just in case and in case they both win or they both lose. But yeah, if one wins and one loses, then we will have a winner. Pretty awesome to be where we are today. I mean, you remember we were discussing like building, I was trying to build it. It worked like out perfectly. It worked out perfectly. We just, Two we people. Were like, we were trying to, figure, I was trying to figure out how to make it work and how to like make it um, trustworthy and accurate and all that stuff. And man, we had, we had literally, honestly, I think we had zero actual problems all year. We had zero. Knock on wood, knock on wood. Um, I mean, shit, what can go wrong next seven days? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm so happy that it worked out perfectly. It's my first time doing it, first time truly building a full website. Hey, it's only going to get bigger and better. It's going to be awesome. But thank you to everyone for joining to the final two. Um, yeah, it's, so it's been a lot of fun. To be able to give a free be nice it's in Vegas, dude. I'm 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 super pumped that somebody get we get to provide that to somebody, to two people actually. Yeah, two people. Um, all right, so let's do this here next. Let's do our Discord channel questions. Uh, we got a few of them coming in. So first one, and it, it kind of got started with this one. Who's so he wants to? Uh, this is from DK Two Money Sign. Who is both of our coach of the year this year? I I think I want to make a very early answer. I'm going to say Eric Backage. 
I know there's a lot of good candidates. Go to the year. Backage, I think it has to be backage because you see his players improve and get better. I think, Does that make sense? Can I, can I give three? Can I give three honorable mention? Because oh, listen, I have a ton of honorable. I think mentions. coach of the year. I think they need to win their conference to even be eligible for the coach of the year. That's not true. That's not true. No. All right. All right. Well, I don't think so. Nick Mignon from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. To do what Kentucky had done in the in the SEC is impressive. And you don't think of Kentucky as a, a big baseball school. So what he's done is awesome up there. Mm-hmm. Justin Hare at Campbell. Yep, that's a good answer. And then it's like a top. It was going to be a toss-up between Backich at Clemson and. I'll give you my second place winner. And and um and what's his name at Coastal Carolina? Um, what's his name? I don't know why I just blinked on it too. I just I sent him an email the other day. What what the heck? What's his name? Gary Gilmore. Gilmore. Gary Gilmore, dude. I don't. I was the same way with you. I mean, I literally just emailed him like recently. Um, oh, you did. What you would you email him? Um. It's about something we'll, we'll talk. It's it's nothing to do with eleven point seven. I just wanted. Would you say, "Hey, coach, I'd love to become the volunteer assistant." No, 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 no. Carolina. I just I live. <laughs> I live down the road in South Carolina. Was looking for a job up up no, a little bit. No, no, no. That's that's not even close. Um, it was more of just, "Hey, I live in the area. One day this summer, I'd love to come up and see the facilities." Is ultimately what it was. Like, oh, nice, dude. I hope I hope he uh, hope he gets back to you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um. Anyways, but yeah, Gary Gilmore. But I'll tell you my my second place coach right now for coach of the year is Dave Van Horn from Arkansas. They are in first place in the SEC out of every single team, That's best record. One. And you cannot tell me they have the best roster because they don't. They have a bunch of guys that go in. They're not flashy. They don't like make it about themselves. They play hard. Um, and he's had to do a lot of work with the pitching staff and reshuffle things. So I think what makes a good coach and like a coach of the year uh, candidate is somebody that like, isn't given Does more with less. Yeah. He isn't given the team, like the LSU team. He's not given a bunch of returners. It's not a bunch of returners that are coming in and like, you know, they're going to be salty vets and like get the job done. You get guys coming in from all over from the transfer portal. You get guys that show early in the year like they struggle and they get better throughout the year. So I think Clemson and Arkansas are two just prime examples of that. Um, so that's where my coach of the year head would be. But you also got to look at um, no, but Randy Mazie from from West Virginia good is one. a good one too because he wasn't given like top 100 recruits like Kentucky it's like what Kentucky yeah. is doing it just puts the right team on the field so um that was a good question there I mean obviously we still have a week uh, a regular season weekend left plus some conference tournaments but yeah right now that I mean it goes Eric Backage one Dave Van Hoor two and uh the rest kind of trickle in behind that um all right this one's from Coastal Carolina fan 24 he's got two questions why is there such limited information on injuries to college players for the most part. Um, because nobody because, – because they don't – why would they give it out and why would they make it super readily available if they don't have to? Yeah, that's a good answer. There's no 
There's nothing forcing them to. Yeah, they don't. Well, yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. One, they don't have to. Two, they, the nobody really cares, right? Like, there's not like beat reporters and people in the media that are really asking about it. And if they do ask, usually you'll get an answer. And then three, which I think is probably the most relevant and like the most important, is they don't know half the time. Baseball injuries are weird. Um, you know, let's say you broke your hamate bone in your hand. You could play if you needed to. It would hurt a little bit, um, but it, sometimes it's like a game-time decision. It's making me laugh because it's so true. Yeah, I mean, most baseball injuries, you could play. Like, it's possible. Like, an oblique injury. Like, you could play. You're just not going to swing as hard. Torn UCL, torn UCL, you could play. Yeah, like, if you needed Tommy John surgery, you could still pitch, but it would just hurt. Um so I think trust me, I know. I know you pitched a whole season on it. So that's kind of like why injuries in college baseball are like you just it's hard to get real information unless somebody breaks a bone or somebody has a concussion. Regulation gambling. Yeah. Um and then the second question here is is there a team or two that maybe peak too early and will struggle come conference tournament or NCAA tournament? Or is there a team that's currently hot and may cool off come the postseason? Uh yes. I mean Listen, there's 300 teams. There's always teams that are hot. There's teams that are cold. Uh, some that come to and mind. You cut out. You completely cut out the whole time. Ah, oh, shoot. Okay, I'll just the do the last thing again. I heard. The last thing I heard was the second question. And then you cut out. Okay. So the second question here is: Is there a team or two that maybe peak too early and will struggle come conference tourney or NCAA tourney? Or is there a team that's currently hot that may cool off in the postseason? So, like, yeah, there's there's always teams that are hot and there's always teams that are cold just because there's so many. There's 300 teams. Some teams that kind of come to mind that maybe peak too early would be a team. Maybe, South Carolina. Maybe South Carolina. Um, maybe Kentucky to a certain extent. Well, Kentucky is an interesting case because they didn't really play the gauntlet of their schedule till the second half. Yeah. That's a good question. I would have to go look into the numbers of like teams that have just been terrible how about, recently. How about, how about a team like maybe maybe like Virginia? Yeah, but they're heating back up. I think they're a good hot cold Louisville, hot team. Louisville sucks, man. A sweep over Louisville isn't <laughs> the biggest thing you, ever. You want to know a team that peaked too early was Louisville. They peaked around week six or week seven, <laughs> and then they 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 then yeah they went into the freezer chest. Yeah, um, to get ready to hibernate for next year. Who's a team that you would say is probably cooling off at the wrong time? Boston College. Yeah, that's a good answer. Duke. Um, Duke is kind of cooling off. They lost two yeah. out of three to Georgia Tech. I would, say, I would go on a limb to wait, say. Wait, 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 wait. You know who's a team that. There's two teams that come to mind for me that could potentially, I don't know why I think this, but they could potentially just get super hot again and like win the conference tournament or, or make it to the postseason that nobody's talking about. One, I think UCF can win the American tournament because of like, they have the talent, right? They're going to be super undeceited and they can hit. I was looking at them and I was like, you know what? Like their stats aren't that bad. And like they lose a lot of games, but like they could get hot again like they were in the beginning of the year. 
and win that American tournament. And like the, the talent's there. Like that's the thing. The talent's there. But the second team is Georgia Tech, who's like not too far out of postseason consideration. Um, no, they're 43 RPI right now, three, 12 and 15 in the um, eighth, by the way. Final catch had been made. Alabama smokes Texas A&M 11 nothing. Yeah, Alabama's dangerous right now. Dude, the Brad Bohannon betting effect and the Bama Crimson Tide. Man, they have won back-to-back series against Vanderbilt and at Texas A&M. Yeah, crazy. Good for them. And with a midweek win over Troy, I mean, four, three, two and one, four and two, five and two in their last seven since Bohannon got fired. Good for those boys. Good for those boys. Mm-hmm. But going back I mean, to Georgia Tech, um, I think Georgia Tech's like a dangerous team that like they're I watched them play the last two weekends where they beat Pitt and they beat Duke. Like the pitching is good enough. Like they, they have guys that throw hard and have good stuff. They just walk a ton of guys. But the offense, like one through nine, is pretty lethal. Um, they they all can hit. So just a team to kind of look out for. Maybe ACC tournament, they go deep. Um, all right, next question here is from Nick Hathcote. If y'all were the number one recruit in the country and had, had your choice to play anywhere for the next few years, where would you pick? Um, we've been asked this before. I think we've been asked this, but I'm going, I'm going. I, okay, I'll do it as a pitcher. You you can do it as a position player. The pitcher, okay. I'm looking at Tennessee. I'm looking at Vanderbilt. I'm looking at Florida. I'm looking at, I know I just named three SEC teams, but I mean, Miami, obviously. And if you don't know why, I love Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami, um, Paradise on Earth, and, my, and Coral Gables. Um, what up? But on a more serious note, I would consider one of those SEC programs. And then maybe one of those, like UCLA, Elwe. Yeah. I really like UCLA. Um, but and the number one recruit, it's hard to say no to the SEC. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you also get just really good player development in the SEC, uh, as well as like Big 12 and ACC and Pac-12. But there's just something about like the facilities and everything that kind of are gaudy. They get the job done. Um, for me, as like a left-handed power hitter, I guess you could say power. Um, I played in the dead ball era, so don't look at my stats. But um, – <laughs> As somebody that puts on good BP, it would be hard for me to say no to a school like Tennessee, left-handed, short porch out there, uh, Mississippi State, small field all the way around. But like honestly, I would consider a lot of mid-majors. I would consider an East Carolina. I would consider Coastal Carolina. Um, I was a diehard Rice fan back in the day. I wouldn't – if I was the number one recruit in the nation, I wouldn't go to Rice right now. But um, I think – for me, it would just be more of a mid-major program where I could just eat up bad pitching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I was going to consider a mid-major program, it would be one of those beautiful schools out west in California probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, just be pure growing up, like Pepperdine and shit like that. All right, next but one is from, from Dickel. If you had to pick one head coach and one pitching coach, to coach game three of a college world series final, who do you choose? Um, 
One pitching coach and one what? One head coach and one pitching coach. Okay. I'll take uh, as my head coach, <laughs> I would take – I'd take Schlossnagel. I like Coach Schloss. Over Tim Corbin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like I like Schloss. Okay. And it's, it's completely unbiased. Coach? Completely unbiased. I mean, so, like, for me, it came down to, like, Schlossnagel. Tim Tadlock is a big one there. Um, Butch Thompson from Auburn. I, I like those kind of coaches. They're players' about, coaches. Okay. And, I like them. Yeah. Um, pitching coach – this one, do I want a guy that's I, done it before? I would consider David Esquire from Stanford. Yeah. I Is like him. Ostrander from, from Southern Miss would probably be my answer, but he's just, he hasn't done it at that stage yet. But as far as player development goes, he's got like – Well, this says game three of the College World Series final. Who gives a shit about development at this point? You're just oh, trying to win the game. Yeah, give me Coach Oz. Yeah, I would go Tim Corbin as my head coach, and my pitching coach would probably be um, – As you Google your answer. No, I would. I was trying to look up something else, but pitching coach, I don't know, man. That's too hard. That's too hard of a question. I don't know any pitching coaches personally, so it's I mean, hard to. Like, I, don't, I don't even know where to start. Like, what, like, pitching coach in terms of great at just making the right move. There's a bunch of them. I can't narrow that down. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's do this last question here. So this is from Blake. What was the best college baseball game you guys each played in? Best game. Um. The best college baseball. Mine was in mine was in junior college. I don't know if that counts, but um I, let me think about that division one best level. Game. Best game. Unfortunately, the best game I played in was the worst was like the worst game of my life. I didn't play in it, but the game it was winner go home, SOCON championship game. Um how is that the best? Because it was, I think it was two to one final score. And oh, was best a, game, but not like for you personally. I mean, the, dude, the energy was like, there was, there was just so much back and forth energy. Like we got down to our final strike and we hit a home run to tie it and then went to extra innings. The next guy up, like hit one to the warning track. And like, I don't know, there was just a bunch of drama late in that if game. You're, if you want to do it that way, it would, mine would have to be, elimination game in the Starkville Regional versus Central Arkansas. The comeback Ooh. we made, game-tying hit in the ninth inning with two out to stay alive, and then we went into extras. We had, like, three chances to win in the bottom inning, and then we lost. But that game was insane um, because at the end of that game, Mississippi State fans were piling in for the nightcap Oh, game. for the night one? Yeah. So the final, like, three innings were starting to get, like, a little antsy and loud and stuff because they were starting to pile in. The grills were f getting fired up. Um, that was that game was awesome. Um, other than that, I mean, 
the game against Florida, which is a midweek game at the end of the year that we won, but I'm trying to think of other – oh, against senior year against Sanford to win the regular season title. That game was electric because that was our last game at home for senior and it was graduation day. It was probably one of my favorite days of my life. Um, so those two would probably be my two best games. Yeah. In terms of just overall experience. We, uh, my senior year, we walked off Georgia the first day that our new stadium was opened and it was a back and forth game. And we just opened a brand new, like, you know, 2000 seat stadium. It was sweet. Um, that was probably my best memory though. That's a good question. I just, unfortunately didn't play in that many great games. Um, that's all of the Patreon questions we have here. So let's do this. Let's dive into kind of what the people want to talk about now. Um, comes down to like regional hosts. All right. So this weekend shook up a few things and it starts at the top with, well, I guess not the top because Wake Forest is number one, but LSU, LSU's got real issues, man. LSU's got like, not, I'm not saying issues as in they can't play baseball or off the field issues. There's nothing that like, it just comes down to the bullpen and like pitching decisions and stuff like that, which is probably the most important thing to winning a college world series. If you don't have anybody in the bullpen, you will not win games in the postseason. The offenses are way too good nowadays. You can't just out slug teams. No, absolutely. You can't. Um, but I was just getting ready to, I just saw something. I'm going to post a clip on Twitter as we're talking, but you, it, it was kind of funny, but it's right on par for what we've seen with – you'll see it in a second. But anyway, right. you'll see it when I put it on Twitter. But anyway, yeah, I think you've got a pitch to win. And there's one team that screams to my mind right now that pitching is not going to win them much this year, and that's LSU. So, But we don't have to bury on them until we get into them later in the episode. Yeah, well, we're not going to bury them because – whether their bullpen's good or not, like I still think they're a top 10 team. Um, but what I want to kind of make clear here is like, there is no easy route to Omaha. It's impossible. It doesn't matter if you're the number one overall seed or if you're the 16th regional seed or your team number 64, like Ole Miss, there's going to be a lot of tough games um, or at least one. There's going to be at least one tough game where you actually have to dig down deep and just, outman your opponents and, and win the game and the the core root of outmanning your opponents and outlasting them and winning a game is the bullpen and when you look in your bullpen and you don't trust a single guy because your guys are injured not available it like raises the question of like wow like how are we going to win this game um so i mean sorry mississippi state coming back from a 13 to 4 deficit today in a rubber match on the road, embarrassing, not good. They got a lot to figure out, but yeah, they're absolutely. still going to host a regional. Like LSU is still going to host a regional. They'll probably be in like the well, they're they're a national seed, national seed, right? But they're not going to be a top three national seed. I don't think they'll be a four through six ish. I think. Arkansas. Be, they'll probably be fought four, probably five. I mean, I have it written down: Wake, Arkansas, Florida, LSU will be like four, 
probably four, maybe mm-hmm. five behind Vanderbilt. Depends on how things go in the conference tournament in this final weekend. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, back-to-back series losses there for LSU. Um, something else I want to say here about kind of the top teams is – Is Wake Forest, like, in your opinion, is Wake Forest, like, the best team in college baseball from top to bottom? Because you look at the stats and it's, like, the pitching stats are top of the charts. Hitting stats are on top of the charts. But is it, like, is it? does it have to do with, like, ACC versus SEC? Does it have to do with, um, like, I don't know. I think top to bottom – Wake Forest is the best team. But like I do think they're also very beatable. According to D1 Baseball's top five starting pitchers in college baseball, three of them were Wake Forest. Their whole rotation was in the top five of Division I college starters. This team is got everything you need to make a run. But will the curse stop them? They don't want to be number one. It looks like they're going to be. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Florida State beat them today. That's the worst team in the ACC. I know they clinched yesterday, and you can go ahead and on your little spiel about how the day after a team clinches a regular season title, bet against them because they're going to lose. They'll be hungover. They'll be celebrating all night, and that's what happened. You called it before it happened, so just go ahead and brag about yourself. Yeah, sorry. I'm so not focused at the second. You have to watch this video. What, what video am I watching? We'll take a time out here. All right. Well, anyway, speaking of, so I guess we can just kind of look at all the hosts. I think I have 13 guaranteed hosts right now. Kentucky guaranteed, right? Ooh. Guaranteed? They're going to Florida next week. Dude, the number one RPI, 15 and 12 in the SEC. If they get 16 wins with the top five RPI, I think they're going to host 19 quad one wins, dude. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes a good point. I just, I wouldn't put them in the guaranteed to host regional. Dude, how how can a team in the top 10 with a winning SEC, guaranteed winning SEC record, 15 and 15 is not a losing record. So how can that team not host with the top five RPI? With All right, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. You're right. You're right. I changed my mind. All right, so all right, Kentucky guaranteed, Wake Forest guaranteed, South Carolina guaranteed, Arkansas guaranteed, LSU guaranteed, Florida guaranteed, Vanderbilt guaranteed. So that's seven guaranteed. We've got nine spots left, right? Yeah. Clemson, Virginia. Clemson, as, of, as of today, as of right this moment, Clemson is guaranteed. Yeah. Eight. Virginia guaranteed nine. Coastal. Guaranteed 10. Ooh, you're going to guarantee Coastal? As of tonight, right now, it's a selection show with tonight, tomorrow morning. Coastal is the host. When you say guarantee, I, I'm meaning like, I thought you meant guarantee, like no matter what happens the rest of the year. Oh, no, no. I'm talking about right now because I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, you'll see what I'm going to do. Okay. So okay. 10 guaranteed. Duke guaranteed. Alabama, no. Boston College, no. So we've got 11 spots filled. Right. Well, you throw Stanford, Stanford and West Virginia. Guaranteed. Stanford guaranteed in West Virginia. So 11, 12, 13, right? So three more open spots left. 
Now I'm going to ask you this question. Tennessee, Campbell, Oklahoma State, Auburn, East Carolina, Miami, Dallas Baptist, Indiana State, Boston College. You have to pick three hoes from all those teams. Who would you give it to? I would give it to Oklahoma State. Tennessee. If you give it to Oklahoma State, you have to give it to West Virginia. We already we already guaranteed West Virginia. Did 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 I get you're right, I did. Eleven, yep, twelve, thirteen, okay. Um, Miami. Miami, Oklahoma State, and who? Probably Tennessee. Tennessee? Maybe East Carolina? No. Tennessee, I think Tennessee is more deserving. I mean, East Carolina does have a strong non-conference strength of schedule. They have good RPI, 47 strength of schedule. I mean, I think I think Miami gets one. Do 16 and 11 in the ACC. And if they win two out of three against Duke next weekend, 18 and 12, that's a slam dunk regional ACC record right there to host the regional. So, But, dude, Miami, what, you're, what you're, like, forgetting, though, is – the committee is going to put geography into like a big reason. Okay, but okay, but but we already know Miami. You don't have to worry about geography with Miami. No, I know, but I'm saying that I think Boston College or UConn, one of those two will host just for geography purposes. Boston College or who? Or UConn. That's not, that's not dude. No, 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 no. Well, maybe not now. I forgot UConn dropped a lot. Um, I mean, no, because I mean, Boston College, no, I don't think so. Because you already have a bunch of the Carolina, you're already going to have your bandy, maybe Tennessee in that area. You're, you're probably not going to have any northern schools hosting. It happened, it's not, won't be the first time, won't be the last time. So, I mean. I think Boston College, I mean, who do they have next weekend? They have Notre Dame. If let's say they win the series 16 and 14. I don't know, man. That's that's cutting it close. 16 and 14, that would give them 13 quad one to end the year. Boston College, no, that would give them 15. Boston College needs to win that series versus Notre Dame and win two games in uh, in Durham and they'll host. The more but, I'm looking at it, dude, like this is going to kind of suck. I mean, it's not going to suck for me because I live in the area, but you look at the regional teams and maybe I, you call me a traditionalist or whatever, but all of the regionals are going to be within like six hours of each other. You got like Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Arkansas, Louisiana, Florida, Tennessee. Like I'm saying the states, not the team name. But um, so like Kentucky, and then you got like North Carolina, South Carolina, Arkansas, Louisiana, Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, West Virginia. Like, they're all just like right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean it's like that sucks. I like when there's like things. I, spread I, out. I know. I, I I'm with you on this one. Like when Indiana gets one, or Louisville, or Michigan, or Nebraska, or Maryland. 
like one of Tex- those northern super actual true northern school guest one but this year i mean maryland is not even close boston college and it, you could do uconn rpi is not going to go up anymore i mean no, I, know, gonna, I know so boston college the northern school's last hope and they have a chance they still have a great chance they just need to finish super strong so. i just i i think i would side if i had to predict the future I think there's going to be a lot of teams in the Carolina in the Carolinas area, like in the Southeast, there's going to be a lot of teams upset with the committee because I do think the committee is going to screw some teams over. I, they're going to give Dallas Baptist a regional. They're going to give um, like over a team that maybe is more deserving just to spread the it out. Of, there's no way the whole state of Texas goes without a regional. That's what I'm saying. And, and like, I think like Southern Miss could be a good, um, not, Auburn, maybe. But let me ask you this. How the hell are you going to – We that's why I was trying to ask you the guarantee. So we know Stanford, West Virginia are going to be hosts yeah. as of today. And we know those top 11 teams are going to be hosts as of today. So that, you have three left. How do you justify taking – okay, the Miami as of right now is almost – I just don't want to guarantee them, but they're pretty close as I think- of today. There's a lot of teams that are really close. and But how can you justify Boston College over Miami? Or how can you justify Boston College over Oklahoma State or vice versa, Oklahoma State over Boston College, Dallas Baptist over East Carolina? Like, it's just crazy, I think. With, there's going to be a lot of people's feelings hurt. Like, that's what it's going to end every up Every year, it's always like that. No, but it's going to be times 10 this year. There's going to be like so many blind resumes and people are going to be flooding the streets of Twitter. And I, I can see it happening already because there's going to be eight to 10 teams that are going to get left out of the hosting picture and be like, well, this is crazy. How are we not hosting? We we're better than this team, this team, this team. Um, I think it's going to be just brutal. Like there's going to be real drama in college baseball as far as like who gets to host a regional or not. It's going to be all dictated by 10 members of the selection committee. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's Um, why I think it's dumb. I think the selection committee should be giving us sporadic, maybe every two weeks, updates like they do for football or they do for basketball. Um, Updates on like what it looks like and what teams need to do or whatever. Basically show us as fans – the committee needs to show us that they're watching games and paying attention to games because they get they don't get anything held accountable um like the the committee shows their face for one person in the committee shows their face for 10 minutes on selection monday about you know why these things are are like why these teams got in why these didn't and why these hosted and why these did not host i just want to know that they're watching the games that's all which i know they probably are uh, anyways, sorry. Yeah, I, I, it's gonna be super. I mean, obviously, we're talking about this now, but this next upcoming weekend and conference tournament clears the picture up even more. So that's mm-hmm. why it's fun to do it. But it's just like, all right, that's enough. We'll 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 know. You'll you'll have a really good idea once the picks come out. There'll be a few coin flips, but for the more majority, it'll be pretty clear. Yeah, uh, and I hope the bubble clears up too. The at large bubble is, dude. It's crazy this year because 
obviously there's going to be stolen bids, right? Like Campbell might not win the big South, but they're getting into the tournament. So that would be like a very good example of a stolen bid, but there, there'll be teams like, uh, I'm thinking of one right now. Um, DBU. If DBU doesn't win the conference USA tournament, that's another one. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be some really good teams left out. Like the bubble this year is probably going to be 15 teams deep and only five of them are going to get in. Um, the big 10 is probably going to get screwed over again. You know, Rutgers is having like a pretty good second half of the year. They're like not even in consideration, but the RPI is there. So no, the RPI is not there. They're 50. Well, they're going to win their last series and probably move up. Like they're hot right now. Who are their last series? Minnesota 218 RPI. Oh, they have Minnesota. I had them them confused with somebody else. I'm sorry. Yeah. Albany midweek 275. Minnesota this weekend 218. Um, and then, I mean, you got the Big Ten tournament, but it's not going to go up much. Maybe, maybe they'll get to the 40s. But I mean, Maryland, same thing. Maryland has got to be sweating a little bit. Um, I think they'll be okay, but they really need to play well. They need to win the Big Ten regular season title. Who do they have this weekend? Penn State. Maryland needs to sweep Penn State and Indiana. Who does Indiana have this weekend? Um, they're I mean, both you, tied at 15. Are you saying they won't get into the tournament if they don't? Who? You. Is that what you just said? No. Which, for what team? Maryland. You said Maryland's in trouble. I said they, they're sweating. Like, they're not safe yet. Yo, you don't think so? I mean, you don't. they need to sweep this weekend and not go to a barbecue in the Big Ten tournament, and they'll be, they'll, they should be in. Oh, I think Maryland's pretty much a lock. If they go, if they go zero and two in the Big Ten tournament, they are going to be sweating bullets. Yeah, I mean that's that's going to be hard to do for them. Well, I'm not. I mean, I'm just saying, like they they they're not a guaranteed in yet. They're not a shoe in. Like they have to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa, Indiana, and Maryland are are my three bets. And then if some other team wins the tournament, then you don't know. But yeah, I mean. I could totally see Michigan rolling out five trade wins or Nebraska winning that Big Ten tournament. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Maryland is not safe. Kansas State is not 100% safe yet. I think Kansas State should be a tournament team, but they're not 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't really seen the bubble picture yet. I would have to do a projection when we do them tomorrow night. Um, like a team like Arizona State is trending in the wrong direction of that 50 number. Yeah, they, they're not going to be a tournament team. Um, Fullerton's got to win the regular season title. Like they're another team um, to get that automatic bid. Virginia Tech is probably out. Um, Texas State is an interesting one. They're always in the spot. They're always right always. The <laughs> um, so Texas State. I mean, let me see who do they have this weekend? Louisiana Monroe. That doesn't help. Two fifty six. They need a BTCU this midweek and then have a good showing in the Sun Belt tournament. I think they'll get in. Team like Georgia Tech, they need to get 15 ACC wins. Two this weekend and then one or two in the tournament. Yeah, they've got Virginia this weekend. So they need to win that series. Put them at 14 and 16, get a win in the tournament. They 15, yeah. Georgia Tech needs to get three more ACC wins. Um, and then a team like Irvine is super interesting. 
I think they're like fourth or fifth in the Big West. Yeah, they are. They're sixth in the Big West, but they they could. Uh, they're a team that's going to might get left out. So there's a lot. The bubble pretty pretty interesting right now. It's, I don't want to blabber about the bubble too much. Yeah, the um, <clears throat> dude. I think the way that the bubble should be is. Like you kind of have to. I think you should throw RPI out of the bubble. That you should get your group of teams through the RPI. Like maybe take six teams in like the whatever range it is, forty-five to fifty or wherever. Um, and then you should be able to look at the teams like on that list and be like, hey, like these three deserve it. These three don't. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think the RPI should be a reason why a team gets in or does not get in because. RPI does not tell the whole story. You can see, but but what RPI does, it takes the name off the jersey. I know I, that was my argument. Is I think the, I think you have to look at each individual team rather than like when it gets to that point, like the bubble. You should be able to look at the team itself and That's not just the number. That's what the committee does. I know. That's oh. why TCU got in with a shitty RPI a couple years ago because they had great postseason success which sounds stupid, but that was their reason. They took RPI out of it and they made their decision. So you just got to be on, you just got to be on the good side of thing and have a lot of metrics to go your way, whether it's quad one wins, whether it's strength of schedule, whether it's road wins, like, you know what I mean? You, you can't, it's, it's, it's almost like a lottery pick at that point. Right. Um, so, Hey, I, I have, a, I do have a good, um, I have a question to ask you. Yeah, I kind of need you to carry the show here for some reason. My uh, dude, this has been uh, my brain's not working today. I apologize to the listeners. I am like, I don't know what it is. I I feel like this is my my flu game. I'm I'm a little sick. I can't get any facts right. Yeah, my facts aren't straight. So you go ahead. If Virginia and Alabama were on our weekend series pick them this weekend, who would you take? Who are the two teams? Virginia and Alabama. Oh, wow. Uh, Virginia, I would take right now. But who, wait, you said who would – like I said, this is my flu game. I can't really hear right now. My ears are all clogged up. Um, if Virginia and Alabama were in a weekend series pick them this weekend, playing against each other, who would you take? There we go. Okay. At first, I thought you were saying, like, who should host a regional between the two? No. Who, who, um, would, you, who would you take to win? Who, is it at Alabama or is it at Virginia? Let's do at Alabama. I would take Alabama. All right. And here, what about at Virginia? You would take Virginia? Yeah, I think Virginia is one of the best home teams in the country. All right. Virginia. 30 you know what? Four. You know what? I take that back. I would take Virginia at Alabama. To win the series, you would? yeah, I would. I would. Okay, then, then I can't. Then my, I can't. I thought, I thought you would really take Alabama because Virginia is pretty much a shoe in to host. But then there's that middle of the pack SEC team, and that's not even really a thought to host right now. And you're, and it just goes to show you. And I'm not an SEC homer by any means, but it just goes to show you how strong the SEC is. Like a middle of the pack SEC team out like Alabama. 
you had to think about it a little bit for just one of the upper end ACC teams. Yeah, ACC. I mean, but that you also asked like as of like today, um, Alabama's Which, playing good. Right, baseball. right, right, right. But isn't that isn't this interesting to think about? Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting to think about like a lot of discrepancies like that. Auburn is is twenty in the RPI right now. They're fourteen and thirteen with some huge series wins recently. Like people are saying, and like I kind of agree with them. Auburn could play their way into a regional host next week. If so they can get- Alabama. Alabama gets Ole Miss this weekend. They sweep them, mm-hmm. sixteen and fourteen in the SEC with a win in Hoover. That's seventeen SEC win. That's hosting. That's hosting territory. Yeah, and and so Auburn gets Missouri at home, and Missouri has been terrible on the road this year. They're seven and twelve overall on the road, but. Like in yeah. SEC play, they got swept at South Carolina. They got swept at Kentucky. They they lost two out of three to Texas A and M. They got swept by Florida. So they're one in like whatever on the road in SEC play. So Auburn could sweep that. Should easily win the series. And it's like, well, Auburn should host a regional then. Like they they meet the criteria. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we. Yeah. Anyway, so here's my here's my thing. With the next two weeks or a week and a half, we got one more regular season in the tournament. Um, who would, as of today, who would you say is your biggest surprise team this year? In a good way or a bad way? Good way. Like biggest surprise, like wow, they're good. Um well there's two teams. Name them both. Okay. West Virginia and Clemson. West Virginia and Clemson. Yeah. I think I think they're both – like nobody really took them seriously this year, preseason. I mean, I read all the write-ups. And usually in preseason write-ups, you have to be positive. You can't be negative, right? And – like those preseason write-ups, like it was kind of like they were stretching it out, trying to find reasons to like the teams. And there's probably an episode we went over it um, like early in the year where we talked about Clemson. We're like, yeah, they're probably going to suck. And like Florida State's probably going to be really good. And I said, I I always thought Clemson was going to be good and then be really good at the end of the year. Like I always, I, I always had faith in Clemson, but not like this. Oh yeah, nobody could have predicted this. Um, I mean, shit, I predicted UCF to beat them in that series week. I think it was the second weekend of the year, and UCF rolled into Doug Kingsmore and swept them. So, yeah, I, I would say my biggest surprise team this year. <coughs> and it's weird to say this because I thought I thought Dallas Baptist was going to be like kind of like middle of the pack. They weren't going to win the conference USA, and they mm-hmm. steamrolled it. Yeah. Um, but my biggest surprise in a positive way would have to be: Do Kentucky is up there? Um, Boston College kind of is a pretty big surprise. They kind of lost a little bit of that star power the last two weekends, but. Um, yeah, maybe Northeastern, big surprise, but okay. 
biggest well, disappointment. Yeah, I'd say the two biggest disappointments for me, UCLA is a big one, uh, and then Louisville is another one. I had high hopes for both of those teams. My biggest disappointment is Ole Miss. Oh, I would have said Mississippi State over Ole Miss. I knew, I knew, Ole Miss was losing a lot of key pieces, and I, I didn't think that they were going to be great this year. I didn't think they were going to be this bad, but I also didn't think they would be able to like compete in the SEC every single weekend. I, I had I thought Mississippi State turned the corner. I thought they would be just fine this year. I thought I thought Mississippi State was going to be garbage this year. I mean, you remember I told you remember that receipt I saved. When yeah. that dude clowning me or whatever, like, dude, I Mississippi State, what it's not going to be good. Um, but Louisville is definitely a big disappointment. Mm-hmm. Those boys, well, those boys were are bad. I and I, I want to add another one. I I don't know what it was. I wish I could go back to January, but there was something in me that believed in this Florida State team a hundred and ten percent. I picked them to win the ACC. Um, oh, I know it, okay. injuries, injuries happen and like the starting rotation was, was trash. But other than that, like they were still a bad team, even without those injuries. They, they, no, they, they weren't. Remember they went on the road and beat TCU. Who's not good. 99% healthy. And then they just got hurt after her injury after injury. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, TCU still not that good. TCU could also fall under like a disappointment. Yeah. I thought after that first weekend, TCU was going to win the national championship. Yeah. Um, UCF is a big disappointment for me. Well, I mean, they had the drama with the bats and the, the coach. By and, the way, whatever, nothing ever came out of that. Well, he denied it, so nobody investigated. Oh, is that how it goes? Coach denied it, no investigation? What he what what is, what was he supposed to do? Come out and say, oh yeah, we're rolling bat. I mean, it's yep, just not bringing illegal bats. Come to come find them. I don't know, man. You're right. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like what what is he supposed to say? So yeah. that's interesting. Um, but yeah, those are my two, those are some big disappointments. Louisville is cr- crazy to me. How bad? But anyway, um, I think. We've got so much coming up, but there's not a whole lot more for me personally to talk about. You have anything else on board? Yeah, let's kind of give our listeners that stuck around this long um, kind of a preview of what we got coming up. So uh, we have big plans for the MLB draft. I'm, I'm launching that most likely Monday. So like the day you're listening to it, I'm going to release top 100 prospects and first round mock draft. Probably, it might be later this week, but most likely – Within the Tuesday, next Tuesday or Wednesday, probably. Yeah, we'll say Tuesday or Wednesday there. That'll be exciting. We're also doing um, something big for conference tournaments, like a contest for uh, Patreon members. Basically, you can sign up for the $1.99 a month. It'll be a contest for everybody there. Uh, and then we're going to do some regional stuff, like with a contest as well, right? Is that? Yep. Okay, I just want to make sure that we're going to make it public knowledge. So we'll have a bracket contest, which will be exciting. And what we're also going to do is like once a team clinches the spot into like an automatic qualifier um, and like once. So like once that happens, we'll do like write ups on these teams because we know they're in the tournament. And then um, we'll do write ups for uh, other teams that make the tournament too, like at large bids, but it'll just come a little bit later. So 
that'll be uh, that'll be coming out here in, within the next few weeks. Uh, what else yeah, we have? And we'll do a regional on? projection tomorrow. tomorrow oh yeah, night. yeah, yeah. Tomorrow we'll night do we'll... Another, we'll do one more regional projection. So we'll do two more: one tomorrow, and then one after conference tournament before selection show. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, guys, we've been we've been grinding it out these last couple of weeks, and like, I, I'm sorry, brain dead right now, can't think straight. <laughs> um, but this yep, is what we then, signed up um, for. We love this stuff, man. We we love. Yep, it. and we'll have we'll have a bunch of stuff on the website. We're gonna have a tournament central with everything you need there. Um, so yep, stay tuned. We have a lot of stuff coming out. Super exciting on um, the website getting more content, starting to fill up a little bit more with more stuff where you can like kind of hang out for a few minutes and look around. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the blogging stuff, the writing stuff hasn't really been there yet. I, I haven't really had much time. I've been trying to keep building our website, but Hey, you guys are with us from, we started from the ground up. So we slowly, everything will come together. Um, it yeah. takes time, but I appreciate the support. Um, Stay tuned this week. I think we'll do one. We'll do another episode one day before the preview. This last final weekend, we'll have our pick them out and everything like that. But appreciate all the support. Yeah, appreciate guys for listening. Um, we'll be back Wednesday to do an episode or Thursday morning, and uh, and to preview the weekend, last regular season weekend, and uh, and then it's next week. time, baby. Yeah, after that, we're going to be probably doing close to three shows a week. So. Um, y'all keep up with us. Appreciate for all the listeners and all the support. Uh, it really does mean a lot to us. Uh, so you guys enjoy your Monday and rest of the week. We'll be back Wednesday. We won a national championship for, for Ole Miss and, um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the university of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. Hispanic Titanic with a blast.